Hello and welcome to the If We Knew Then podcast. I'm Stephen Socks. And I'm Lori Socks. And today... We have a very special guest, our daughter, Sophia Socks. This is the first episode of a three-part sibling series. Welcome, Sophia. Thank you. So it's been about a year since Sophia's last episode talking about sibling stuff. And we wanted to have you back on because the last conversation was so insightful Let's chat, shall we? Okay. You're almost 14. You're going to be 14 in just a couple of weeks. September. Yeah, you're just going to be uh, 14 years old. So you're changing. You're going into high school. And I know we, we go on nightly walks. And one of the things that you talked to me about was the fact that you're going to be in high school and you're not going to be there to support and what your words are, protect Liam. Yeah, um, I feel like that's definitely a, a fear of mine because I think during the pandemic, having Liam at home and like very like super close to him and just being able to check in on him whenever I wanted really, it's definitely going to be a, a big change having him so far away from me and not really know how people are treating him because it's, it's fifth it's fifth grade and it's a it's a big change so it can be scary for for me so to clarify you're going to be going to high school and this will be the furthest away you've been for school about 15 miles almost and in LA that's an hour but that's the feeling you have that that you'll be far away from him especially compared to what we were doing during the pandemic it's a big change and well, one of the gifts of the pandemic was that safety factor of all being here and being able to support you and Liam, both in, you know, your studies and and having that like nice security net. And now it's time to really, we're going to be venturing out on these new adventures and these new things. So when you said that you were afraid uh, because Liam is going into the fifth grade, and that is a big transition and a big milestone for him. What are your fears? I think I'm scared that people will be mean to him. I don't I don't know if he'll necessarily know how to respond to that. First of all, if he knows that people are bullying him, and if he does, how will he say no? And if he says no, will they listen? So it's definitely hard not to just have the comfort of, oh, I can be there. And if someone's being mean to you, I can kind of be the voice for you if you don't really know how to communicate. So, Do you sometimes feel like you have to be Liam's voice? Yeah, I do. I really do. Because I feel like most of the time people are really nice to him and understanding. But, you know, every now and then you get those couple of people who take advantage of him and just are like, well... You know, he doesn't know how to, you know, communicate or it's it's fine. I don't they, they take advantage of him sometimes and just kind of think he's weaker than them. And so they use that as a thing to bully him for. How do you feel they take advantage of him? I think the ability of of him maybe not to comprehend everything that like comprehend that he is being bullied. He, he really sees the good and everyone, you know, you can take one of the meanest people and he'll be like, oh, well, I like their hair or their shirt or something and really like somehow be friends with them. But I feel like in elementary school and really um, in all aspects of life, people get jealous of that or they're scared of that because Liam's not very defensive. He's not mean back. So I think that kind of scares people. And so people will bully him because of that because they think that oh if we're mean to him enough maybe he'll stop being nice or whatever I don't really I don't really know what goes through the mindset of those people but kids can be pretty mean let's define bullying because that's a good insight that you say that Liam maybe doesn't realize that he's being bullied so 
My thought is, is that bullying then? Does bullying have to be just a one-way street? Or to define bullying, do we need to have it both ways? Do you have to, you know, someone could say something to me that was hurtful, very hurtful. And I just didn't get it. I was like, oh, or it doesn't hurt me. Is that bullying? Does Liam have maybe a protection from that and doesn't well we've care. seen we've seen Liam get bullied to the point that he doesn't like it we've seen exactly. someone say something to him where he definitely acknowledges and feels that because um, he's not oblivious no he knows but Sophia was saying that her concern right. right was that he wouldn't know how to defend himself or or realize he was being bullied and maybe that's the blessing is that that's what I'm I'm saying not not understanding people are being mean to you yeah, maybe that's something that you can feel good about at least a little. Well, I feel like, I mean, I feel like that's something that I do. Like when you say that Liam has the ability to see the good in everyone, I think that's something, Sophia, that I'm always trying to get you to do that mind shift. That's what we're working on. Yeah, we're always working on finding that good and letting that good be the focus because in, in an environment of inclusion, the same inclusion that we desire for Liam, that means that we need to cultivate that same attitude of inclusion in our entire family in both you and Liam. I feel like Liam has that ability, you know, that he does. I, I love that you said that he focuses on finding that good thing in a human because that's something that can be hard for me if an adult comes my way and they have a cremungeon attitude or maybe they're snarky or, you know, I don't know what's going on in their life that creates that and that ability to just see maybe the good quality, maybe the, the humanity in them. Um, you said people are jealous of what? People are jealous of the fact that Liam's happy, goes more towards kindness. I, I think so, and I don't really understand why, because I, I don't I don't really understand why that would make somebody jealous, but I feel like people just feel when someone is finding the good side of them and they want they want to be mean or they want to get this person down for whatever reason, they find it almost threatening when someone's like oh you know what I really like your shirt or you have a nice voice or anything it's almost like the kill him with kindness thing you can be kind and not really want to be mean but for some reason that just that scares people who are being mean now that's something that I used to tell you to do right to walk away to kill them with kindness do you what's the difference between you doing it and Liam doing it I think Liam just naturally kills them with kindness. But sometimes, like you said, people do say things where he really does um, take it seriously and are like, why are these people being so mean to me? And I don't know if he understands kill them with kindness. Like, I, I feel like we were talking about the other day of like me being sarcastic to him. If I'm sarcastic, he doesn't read that. He just reads it as okay and he doesn't and that bothers you when he doesn't yeah. when he's not affected by your sarcasm on just your average uh, sibling relationship yeah and so I feel like the term kill them with kindness is not sarcastic but metaphorical in a way where it's abstract like it's not like be nice I feel like with me doing it it definitely took a step of me consciously being like I'm going to see the good in this person I'm still working on it, but I'm going to take a step and try to do this because it's hard because this person is being mean to me and I kind of, I want to um, be mean back or be sarcastic back, but just being nice is, being nice is, is better always. So I feel like it's different with me doing it because it's not something that I naturally do. And it's I an effort. It's, it's an effort. And with Liam, it's, it just comes naturally, which... I wish we all had. But that makes you feel, what, that he's more vulnerable? Yeah, because I, well, me personally, when I was younger, I, I would be very nice and I didn't really understand when people were being mean to me. It was probably in like kindergarten and first grade and then second grade, I kind of, I realized it more and more. So when I didn't understand something, I was just like, what or huh? It, they almost laughed at that. So for some reason, they thought that, that was funny that I didn't get it. So in hindsight, when you were in kindergarten and first grade, 
when you didn't understand that people were being mean to you, how did that feel? It always made me more frustrated because I didn't understand why they were laughing at me in the first place. Mm. And then they were laughing at me again. I was like, what am I doing? Like, I'm obviously doing something that's funny or they think is a weak point. But I didn't really understand that. So I, I think it's better if you know when someone's being mean to you and you consciously make that decision to be nice because it's almost better to be like, okay, I don't understand it, but I know why this person is being mean to me. I can kind of have some depth with that and not change, but be like, okay, well, I'm not oblivious. I think this is very enlightening because when I was made fun of, because I think everyone is at some point Big in time. elementary school, yeah. Um, I don't think it was bullying, but um, it was picked on, right? And it didn't get real serious, but there's always that mindset that I had that I needed to show the bully or the person picking on me that they were wrong or that I was okay or that, you know, it, it mattered to me what the bully thought. And I think what's enlightening about what you're talking about, because I think that's kind of where we're going, is, well, the bullies continue to laugh, even though I don't know, I don't, I'm not getting their joke or whatever. We don't have to worry about the bully. Like, that's, that's something I thought of just now. It's like, why should I care about what the bully is thinking if, if I'm being true to myself? I, I can kill them with kindness. They could say one more thing and then walk away because it's very disarming and they don't want, the, the, their idea is they want to, to have a reaction from you. That is why a bully does what they do. They want a reaction from you, and it makes them feel a certain way for some reason. makes them feel good. We don't have to have the reaction we want from the bully. We just need to be confident in ourselves and grounded in ourselves to know that, first of all, the bully is saying things that aren't true. I'm not those things. And the bully doesn't matter. How disarming is that for us in a reverse where we can say, if you don't matter, click, then okay. I think that goes in that for us on this journey is also in our IEPs or just out in society. Uh, and it's something that I realized, I think, on a couple interviews ago that why am I doing what I'm doing? It, it's hard. Even this week we had this, you know, with the return to school, we had to think about what we're going to do. And of course, you know, they're offering some continuation to stay virtual. And since Liam isn't vaccinated, that's what we're considering. But there's all this little fine print that they don't tell you about that you have to read to see, oh, wait, in order to do this, they're going to have to hold an IEP and they're going to do this. And, you know, then we find out that certain service providers aren't contracted by this new entity. So immediately my radar goes up of, oh goodness, this is some more of this, these loopholes and garbage where they're trying to just funnel us down their preconceived path on their agenda. And I got caught up in it. I got caught up in it for a minute where I was like, well, let's do this because of this and that. And then it took a little while to go, you know what? Let's not think about them. What is the best for us? And if they're doing a bunch of garbage, how do they sleep at night? They can, they can deal with that. If they're doing a bunch of garbage, we will figure it out. And, you know, we are fortunate that we do, we do hire a lawyer who will help us navigate yeah. through mm -hmm. anything that they, where they try to violate Liam's civil rights or try to do something that's wrong against Liam. But we don't have to be concerned with their agenda. It's so exhausting. You, you said it right there. There's that tight rope that we're walking from defending ourselves and our child yeah. to making sure they know they're wrong or trying to change them. But we're not going to change them. No, it's and that's where our forever. ego goes. Yeah. I need them to know that they're not taking advantage of me. I need them to know how to do it right. I need them to know they're wrong. Yes. And I think that is a great... And it's the ego type, type right. Rope, right. Well, that goes into really one of the reasons that we motivated us to want to, you know, have Sophia talk today because last weekend we were out and there was a boy that, there were, first of all, it was one of the best moments of inclusion. It started off so beautifully with Liam seeing someone with a ball and telling me he wanted to uh, play with the ball and I said, well, why don't you ask them? And this kid turned around who was <laughs> just what you want every child to be. And he was like, oh, does he want to play? And I was like, well, Liam, and Liam said, can I play ball? And he was like, yeah, sure. And it was so. What's your name? This yeah, and that. They effortless. It was just like it should be. 
right? It's just like it should be. There weren't any. And this kid was playing with Liam and then his cousin came by and the cousin was a little older. And I think that's what you're talking about is when people get older, then they go, oh, wait a second. How am I supposed to feel? How am I supposed to act here? And he would, and somehow he had heard me say Liam's name because he was like, what's his name? And so then the, the second cousin started to play. And then they were, three people were playing. Then someone even older, an older cousin came by and he was like, hey, and he had even a different attitude so much further away from the first kid where she's like, what's going on, man? What's his name, Liam? Oh, and Liam was playing the ball and Liam's got a mean, mean right arm. Yeah, he can throw it. And the kid who was probably, uh, actually probably the same age as Liam was like, he's good. Yeah. And I thought that was, I was watching and I just saw the kid like in amazement go, he's good. And he's the other kids were like, good. okay, all right, yeah, well, let's play right, Liam. Let's play Liam. And you know, honestly. They played the, for a while. He played for a long time. And the truth is, is that when the abstract rules, when the games changed, you know, they, there needed to be like some adult supervision of just helping Liam to understand the, the And also rules. helping the kids to helping explain kids, it to uh, Liam too, right. because they had their, their family, first of all, and also... This isn't something that Liam does all the time. So, no. so to learn, even if it's something as now we're gonna throw it the other way around the circle or whatever. Right. Then we just have to say that and go, "You get it." So we're doing this, and Liam's like, "Yeah, got it." Got and it. He was excited. But that's all it takes, and it was great, and it was beautiful. And then that was the good part. That was the good part. But then some other kid joined in that nobody really knew, but had been playing with these kids maybe a couple times, and and he was. The bully. He was a pepper. He, he was a pepper. But he was, if Liam wasn't involved in that, he apparently had been a pepper for a couple of days. The, right. But he saw Liam and he saw just what Sophia's talking about. I think that, that what she An fears, opportunity. An opportunity because, you know, when we're mean, bullying, bully, no matter how old you are, it comes from a fear. It comes from a place of insecurity. There's no bully that is like 100% solid in their life and in their feelings of love for themselves love for themselves so and that can happen i mean sophia you were bullied when you were in kindergarten i mean that happens uh, it's it's fear it's whatever it is that that is at the core and it's hard to say it about a kid but it's true it's like unless unless we heal those heels feel and feel those feels it's going to continue up and he's going to be a bully when he's an adult unless someone steps in and kind of and helps him not be a bully addresses it so so this other kid comes in. Right. And by this point, we had felt so good about the inclusive environment that we had stepped back so Liam could actually know what it feels like to be amongst peers playing a game. And it was awesome. Independently and I, and without... Independently. Which for us was a milestone because as far as school goes, you know, the thing is, oh, well, Liam hasn't been in school. How does he transition? What are his behaviors? Yeah, how is he going to socialize? It just answered so many questions and it showed us so many things uh, as far as ability. Then this, this little pepper came in and I came over and I could tell the look on your face. You were just like given <laughs> this kid... The stink and I'm like, what's going on? And you said, this guy's being a jerk. <laughs> well, um, it first started where I asked where Liam was and you said he's playing with his new friends. And I was like, oh, well, that doesn't happen. I'm just going to go over and check in. And everyone was being really nice. They're like, oh, are you Liam's sister? I'm like, yeah. And I, I noticed this kid and he um, kind of had had this, this look. And I, I've become so protective where... I kind of know that look and I am very like, whoa. Like, I think we all know that look. And I, so I decided to get into the conversation and play with them. And this kid just, just kept kind of poking Liam or whenever he would do something that wasn't exactly the way the group was doing it, he would yell or get very aggressive. And I said, if you tell him not to do something, and then keep doing it to tell him not to do it because sometimes that's how kids respond, like in a tickle fight or something. If you're like, stop tickling me, then they'll tickle the other person. And that's kind of how sometimes kids stop. But if you do something and you keep doing it, Liam's like, okay, this is just how we play. This The game is still going. So Nobody's defined the rules of the game. Yeah, so I... And when you say poking him, you mean verbally. Yeah, ver- verbally just... Just kind of um, with the sarcasm that obviously is abstract and just yeah. get, doesn't doesn't land. Right? So I tried to to stay calm and just explain to the kid that 
you need to explain Lamb the rules and when the rules change you have to say that the rules are changing and um if he does something then you have to tell him to stop and the kid was just like screaming stop at Lamb right and I think that's when I came in and the thing is there is that I came in as an adult figure and squashed it and explained it and also because I have as a parent on this road I could explain to the kids one thing that I've learned from Liam is communication to be aware how am I communicating because I can't be doing one thing and at the same time be saying something else and that is what was going on is that they were saying one thing but doing the opposite and I said you're telling him not to do it but do you understand that you are actually doing it at the same time and, th- and they actually realized that Liam was very smart not to stop because if he would have stopped and that would have put him in a position where he was not equal with them. So why he, why he continued to hold this cup where they were like splashing water is because no one else had put their cup down. And Liam was like, why should I put my cup down when no one else is putting their cup down, which was very smart. And what I squashed is the kid tried to exaggerate and say, well, we've been doing it for 20 minutes. And I said, that's impossible because you just came over here two minutes ago. So, and then he was stopped. But my question is to you, because I came over and that was my role as the adult. You have to feel like there, it's something other than a sibling sticking up for a sibling. Do you feel like there's an added level of pressure or responsibility there? Because you, you weren't just acting like, a 13 going on 14 year old sibling it there was something else there it was very heavy and weighted when I came over yes I feel like with Liam I don't I don't know why I've always been very protective of of him and not in like a regular brother sister way what what is the regular brother sister way I think like if someone's being like super mean to the other sibling you just come over and be like hey that's not cool and then kind of walk away. I come in as a, a parent figure, and I'm I'm very. Um, Why do you feel you come in as a parent figure? I don't I don't know. It, it could be it could be because I was bullied, and I I don't want that to happen to Liam. Or it could be I don't actually know. I can't. Like, how do you feel on the inside? I know parent figure was kind of my word, but how do you how do you feel on the inside? Because I feel like it's. I feel so. It's like this so angry that it's so it's the anger is so hard to explain that it strikes a different nerve or something inside of me where I just need to like scream at whoever is doing it and completely shut it down and just really nail the kid or the adult or whoever and the thing is that it it doesn't matter the age when you say adult an adult has never um been mean to Liam but I know me and I know that if an adult Sometimes you get mad when you hear a certain tone from them. Oh, yeah. If I hear a certain tone from an adult, I have the same feeling as if a kid was bullying Liam. So I will scream at at an adult. I will (laughs) scream at a kid. I will scream at whatever age. It doesn't really matter the age. I don't, I've been trying to not completely scream and lose it. But um, how much of this protective parent like? that you uh, like you explained parent-like feeling do you think comes from just naturally wanting to protect Liam or you remembering the times you were bullied I think it's half and half I def I definitely want to protect Liam it's not all this reminds me of when I was bullied and that's why it's definitely I want Liam I think it's I want Liam to have a better like not not be bullied as much as I did because I was bullied for the way I talked and there was nothing I could do to change that. It wasn't like the way I dressed or whatever. It was just I couldn't talk. And the reason why Liam is bullied is I think because he has Down syndrome and people view him as weaker. Even though he's not, people view him as weaker. He can't change the fact that he has Down syndrome. So I definitely see into that and The feeling that I feel when someone's being mean to Liam is I want to become Liam for a second and tell them off and (laughs) just tell them what they're doing wrong. And the fact that Liam doesn't do that is like, how can I do that for him? Which I I can't do that for him because he's him and I'm me. But um, which is funny because we're all striving to be able to do what Liam's doing. 
We're all stri- <laughs> we're all striving to not have to tell somebody that they're wrong, right? Yeah, but until I can personally do that, I think that you know it will take a long time until I'll be able to be like, you know what, Liam's got it. Liam knows how to, in his own way, how to protect himself from a bully because he's never like, you know, come home crying or you know been super distraught about someone uh, bullying him. I think one time. It got really intense and he was just upset and he was like... And he never talked to that kid again. No. and he Like knows. if we could do that, if we could just disengage yeah. from the people who are mean to us, I mean, what a gift. Plus he lives in the moment so much that it doesn't take a long time for that transition. He'll If he gets hurt and he sees something, he's upset about it. And then he's like, you know what? I, I'm done with this. And literally <laughs> like, you're dead to me. Right? And so <laughs> that's kind of what has happened. That has happened in the past where then it's like, well, he's just not even going over that to talk to the he's kid so anymore. He's so smart. Yeah, he, he is really smart in that that way. And He doesn't put himself around. He, he really doesn't put himself around people that he would feel aren't kind or right. Or, Liam lives so much in the moment more than I think most of us do. That made me think of this a time where whenever we we go to get shots I always constantly think about it like whenever the second I hear about it, it could be three days till then it could be a week and I constantly we stop telling you that far in advance <laughs> yeah but I used to constantly think about it and Liam would know he would either hear and he would just be like he would say no shot and just not want to get a shot but after I finished telling him he wouldn't really have that added stress or added anxiety about getting a shot until we were at the doctor's office and then he was like I want to get it but um I that I definitely saw that and I was like I wish that I like I'm I'll I'll try to live more in the moment because that's good for all of us I think not only does he live in the moment but I also see when he says no shot like I don't want a shot and then you go I know but you're gonna get a shot he's like no like he really is believes he's going to fight this. He's not going to get the shot. And then it's like, okay, here we are. We're getting the shot. And he's like, ah. Uh. And then you say, listen, like you do to anybody, I'm gonna do the, either. You say this is gonna take one second, and then we're done. Or this is gonna take one second, and you know what? You can play with your iPad, or we can watch a movie at home that you that you like, or some you know some reward like you do for any kid when they're getting a shot. Any adult. And then he makes the deal. Yeah. And he says, okay, first we're gonna get the shot, and then we're gonna get whatever the payoff is, right? And he does it and he drives through and it's, it's funny to see that his, he is so focused, which is funny, right? People have, have told us forever how he wouldn't be focused. He is so focused in the moment that he will deny that's happening because he's saying, I'm not going to let it happen. Then when you make the deal with him, he goes, fine, I'll do it. And then let's get this done. And he does it. And then he's off. He, you see a, not even a, really a tear because he's like, well, the next thing I get now is what I wanted. So why would I cry? about getting a, a prize. So it really is in the moment and, but focused because it's easy to say in the moment. I definitely see Liam make that deal or, or that list with a lot of things that he doesn't want to do, either if it's eating something that he doesn't want, or even if it's something that he doesn't want to do, but like getting his iPad or something, he's like, first eat breakfast, then get dressed. And we have like the schedule for the day to get this and he's I've noticed him like grab me by the arm and just be like we have to get these things done because I want this and he's very motivated if I'm like do you want to listen to some music or read that he's like no I need to we're not going off the schedule no he's like get dressed make the bed do cello then we get whatever the prize is right so but he he lists those things and he knows what needs to be done and he's he's focused on the end goal yeah I wanted to transition Sophia really quick when we're talking when we were talking about the bullying and stuff and then we can get off bullying because being bullied isn't a part it's, it's a fear I think from the exterior Liam's not afraid of being picked on no and he's a smart tough kid that lives in the moment and honestly he is going to get bullied to the point like he has before where he knows and then he knows to stay away from that person And I think it's our responsibility to cultivate in him self-advocacy, which we work on, and how to handle those situations. But also for us, his support system to understand what his gifts are 
Because whenever I step back, in my words, I notice that these are things that I myself am striving for. And I know as his mom, when I, I feel the same feelings that you do, where I just get fired up inside, but I have learned the tools to breathe through and what works. And I spent the first six years of his life with that same anger where, you know, adults handle it differently. They don't say that kid just needs to know, but they feel that on the inside. And then, you know, sometimes they say stuff and then sometimes they just avoid those adults 100% altogether until I know for us, it was that moment walking into kindergarten where we were like, all right, I'm not going to be angry anymore. And realizing that those changes don't really come by yelling at people. They come through your action and maybe you just don't participate or engage with those, those people. That's not the focus. The focus isn't those people who are mean. The focus is, this is my life. This is my day. What do I want to create and cultivate? What gifts do I want to embrace? And to do my best not to let that exterior force take anything away from us, right? To not let that be a focus. I feel like the emotion that I have that fuels what I see in you is a feeling of helplessness. Like that comes from fear of what if, what if, what if. And that's what I have to figure out and deal with in the minute. And, and honestly, as long as my actions aren't harmful, it's okay for me to say, no, this is the situation. This is how we deal with it. And you can choose to understand, which I think is what I told the kids. It's like, do you understand that this is how it works? I'm sure you can think of a time when someone had to explain something to you twice or when you were getting a different message from someone. Like what happens with Liam is it's a different set of rules. It's all of a sudden we see Liam has Down syndrome. So the same things that we are dealing with for some reason, they have a different weight. They have a different weight because Sophia deals with a bully and she works on being able to walk away or killing people with kindness, being kind instead, or finding the good in that person. And that is something as parents, we work on, you know, it's a conversation. Liam already has that. Liam has that gift. And for some reason, it becomes a negative. I feel like that, and as an adult, whenever I feel those feelings that I see Sophia feel, that passion, it's because I feel helpless. It makes you a great advocate, Sophia, I think is the gift, is because I've seen it become a part of you where you're just a great advocate. Maybe when it comes to Liam, it's too close to you, so you get mad, but when it comes to out in the rest of the world, you go into a situation with such a different point of view. Like you could enter that situation where you weren't personally involved because it's not about Liam and you say the right word. You create that sense of what is the right thing to do? What is the kind thing to do? People worry about how a child with Down syndrome is going to impact the other siblings. And I see Liam creates this passion for justice in you that as you get older, you will learn how to, how to feel those feelings and have them serve you or be able to breathe through certain things and find the focus or, or even just to be able to say, I mean, at 13, you can say, this is how I feel. And that's not a gift I had when I was 13 years old. I couldn't, I wasn't so conscious of advocacy and standing up in a situation where someone is being unkind. I wasn't so aware of these big feelings, which you feel. I, I definitely didn't have the same, I think we were talking about something else the other day and I said, how do you feel? And you said, ease. I said I felt at ease and I'm, I'm good with that. Which I never had that. I never spoke that sentence as a 13-year-old to say, yeah, I feel at ease with the whole situation, so we'll just move forward. Because <laughs> it was a very challenging situation and I just remember thinking, wow, 
that's that's pretty great. I I have this this friend who has a brother my same age, and when I, I used to think that when I said I had a brother with Down tr- syndrome, or I realized that I had a brother with Down syndrome, it was like, well, you know, people with siblings don't can't really relate to this, or it's so different, and you know, I'm kind of on my own journey. But with this this friend that I I talk to. We, we talk about the, the same things and she's like, do, does your brother do this? And I'm like, yeah, he, he does that. Another example was we were talking about some days our brothers are, are very um, huggy and, you know, like spending time with us. And other days we're like, good morning. And they completely ignore us and just don't want anything to do with us. But because we both have brothers, we're like, there's no middle ground. Like, I feel like I'm always in the middle ground where I'm not like super affectionate, but I don't completely hate Liam. (laughs) I'm just like, I feel new. Like, I I love him and he's my brother and I'll sit next to him. But with Liam, it's either like, I hate you or you're the favorite. You're my favorite person in the world. And sometimes he just ignores you. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's necessarily like I hate you, but it's like I'm not going to talk to you today for whatever reason. And it was really nice just being able to be like, it's not just because my brother has Down syndrome. It's just having a brother who's 10 years old and having a sister and just them being siblings. And it, it definitely brought like this refreshment of like okay yeah I can like talk to someone and like get what they're talking about and it doesn't have to be another brother that has down syndrome it can be anyone which I I feel like even when I bring up down syndrome they're like oh I I don't know if it's almost like oh I'm so sorry but it's like I know the challenges you're going through and there are challenges or whatever but the the sibling part of it that just having a sibling I think I said this last episode is just having a sibling with Down syndrome is different in some ways, but isn't always that different because it's just having a sibling and being able to live with someone for however many years and just kind of, you know, get through it and or, you know, just be like, hey, this day I'm feeling this or this day I'm feeling that. And uh, another thing that we talked about was I, I thought that, oh, Liam can't tell me. I'm just not going to talk to you today. Or you know what? You're my favorite person today. And I, I used to think that that was just because he has Down syndrome and other brothers would share how they're feeling. But with the, with this friend, it was just like, no, someday it's it's the exact same thing. They don't tell us. And I thought that was really refreshing and just wanted to add that. Well, that's nice to hear because, you know, there was a time where it was just the three of us. And then your mom and I wanted to have another child um, for reasons. And some of those reasons were because we wanted two kids. And a little bit of that reason was we wanted you to have a sibling. I'm an only child, didn't have a sibling. And that was something personally I, I, I was looking forward to. And of course, knowing that that child that we're going to bring into the world would have a sibling in you. And it's nice to hear that siblings are siblings. Well, I think it's the the progress of the relationship is for some reason you thought because Liam had Down syndrome that when you said it, that it was going to be this totally different thing. And I don't know where that came from or where that idea came from, but to just realize that it's not about Down syndrome, which like for us, that would be kind of the message that we received when Liam was born, that it was going to be so different. And we have had the same revelation to where it's not because Liam has Down syndrome, although a lot of a lot of our challenges are specific to the Down syndrome with the IEPs and the fight for his right to an education and dealing with, you know, society's perceptions. But it's really just this when the it comes down to the worries, it's those worries are the same worries and concerns that we have for you. In some ways, they're less than that. And I think it's really nice that we've all come together to this place where we say, wow, it's not so different where it matters. Where it matters, I think, having a sibling or a child with Down syndrome, where it really matters, I think it just brings some unexpected richness to each of our lives. Definitely agree with that. And I feel like I used to always not blame, but if there's ever a 
just a regular like sibling problem that is completely normal and happens with everyone who has a younger sibling I would always be like well that that's because he has down syndrome or he does this because he has down syndrome and it's 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 very nice to have that um, realization of like having a sibling is the same as having a sibling it's not the down syndrome does play a part in maybe different aspects of life but it doesn't really doesn't really change all that much do you remember when you had that realization how long ago I I don't know if there was ever like a a moment like aha I think I just kind of noticed it now um I think when I started talking to that friend that had a younger sibling it was it was it was nice to finally be able to talk to someone about being an older sister because I always thought I would never be able to talk to anyone about this unless they're an older sister who has a brother with down syndrome that's so specific and it's kind of hard to find someone you know if if I found someone and you're like you know what I'm an older sister with a 10 year old brother who has down syndrome I'd be like what's your like how's this like it's it's so rare to find someone who has the exact same situation but being able to find someone that is an older sibling and has a younger brother is pretty common so I think the realization is kind of now like I just realized like oh this is a gift that I didn't really see before and I know that um, I used to define so much with my brother having Down syndrome and I think I'll stop doing that now like if I ever met someone I'd be like my brother has Down syndrome and I'm telling you this because this is such a big part of my life I don't really know why it was such a big part of my life it was just like I'm an advocate and I feel like I'm me because my brother has Down syndrome and that is somewhat true but it's it's very nice to also just now realizing that I don't have to identify with this down syndrome part as much as I I needed to because I thought like oh well if I don't tell somebody that my brother has down syndrome it's like not telling them all of me but there is really no other situation in life where we feel like we need to tell somebody all of us right we need to give them that insight and it's funny that you had that realization because I just met a bunch of people and dad asked me that same question. He was like, well, did you tell them that Liam had Down syndrome? And I was like, nope. And he was like, why? And I was like, none of their business. (laughs) Like it wasn't part (laughs) of the conversation. Well, to be fair, the subject was the podcast. Well, it was the podcast, but we were just talking about having a podcast and some of the different topics and these topics, what I'm realizing, the evolution of this podcast is a lot of the things that we talk about help any parent, any parent who needs to have an IEP, any parent looking at milestones and looking for ways to approach early intervention, which is good for every child, uh, speech, which Sophia is a neurotypical child and she needed speech, uh, physical therapy. Those are good for every child. And we do have episodes that are maybe more specific, but these episodes are good for every parent and every sibling. And the thing is, is that that's what I am realizing. And that is the message that if I could, you know, really instill in, in the community or, you know, when parents get a diagnosis, that if the message that came from the doctors at the foundation was, this is not mourn your child, which I think is a horrible message. You wouldn't say that about any child and you don't know. I will guarantee that most birth plans that people spend so much time writing, they go out the window as soon as you start to give birth. But no, no nurse comes into you and says, mourn that birth plan because it's going to be different. When you have a child, is it really what you expected? Did you ever really expect things? Like, are there things that are burned into your brain any day when you wake up? Is it, does it ever unfold exactly as you thought? Probably not. Do you mourn that day? No, because normally it's something far beyond what you would have imagined, right? And even if a challenge is presented, it's all about how you feel. And for someone from the outside to imply what you should feel 
is wrong. You get to feel, maybe you do feel like, oh, I wish I'm glad that day's over, but it's not for, if, if your friend knocked on the door and said, well, this is how you should feel about it. You probably wouldn't talk to that person, right? You would just be like, Hey man, let me have my experience. And, and what I have realized because we did receive those messages when Liam was born and what we have come to the same conclusion, Sophia, the same evolution of thought is that this journey isn't dictated by the presence of a chromosome, though that presence is beyond measure as far as the gifts and the richness it brings to life. I strive in so many ways, and this, and I'm being serious, I strive in so many ways to be like Liam, to be present, to be kind, to know what I want. And then the other things as advocates, as parents, we're there to give him the supports he needs to then cultivate that and help him to reach his potential. But we do it for you, Sophia. We do it for both of you equally with the same investment and with the same passion. I think it's great that we've, we've come to this spot together in realizing that this journey isn't dictated by the chromosome, but that chromosome definitely brings so many gifts. And we get to just be us, right? Yeah. You don't, you don't have to go into class. It's, it always did feel that way. <laughs> like I had to go into some place and say, I have Sophia and Liam and Liam has Down syndrome. But that, that isn't it. I have two kids and I'm a mom and we have a family and we work really hard to support those kids and to create a wonderful environment and for the entire family to have a foundation. Yeah, just when you, when you were saying, you know, if if um, every day doesn't turn out exactly how you expect it, then you wouldn't mourn that day. I mean, I was I was your first kid ever, and you know, you let me paint on a door, and now that door is in my bedroom above my bed. So, and you see at the bottom that I had a tantrum, just took paint and like you know spread it all over the door, or that day where I flushed your phone down the toilet. I mean, there's been <laughs> there's been so many times that you know. It was just like, oh, yeah, my kid does that and kids do that. And it's often made fun of in movies and TV shows. But if a kid with Down syndrome did that, it would be so much different. And I think we have to, as a society as a whole, we have to kind of neutralize that and be like, well, having a kid is hard because you're trying to like raise a human being to be decent and just make the world a better place and I wouldn't know as much as you would because you know you had to raise both of us and you're still raising both of us but I think it's viewed on so much differently if like I did the same thing that Liam did it would be like almost frowned upon that Liam did that and like I see Liam work and he has to work so much harder than I I do when I I did when I especially when I was his age you know mom would tried to make me write an essay and I would just like throw the pen down and just like have a breakdown for writing an essay but like if Liam did that I'd be like oh that's just the down syndrome kicking in again or whatever but kicking <laughs> kicking it again <laughs> it's so not it's so not true though and um it's definitely something that we have to neutralize yeah I think the journey with you definitely gave me insight because it was especially with school Sophia you're absolutely right having you as a palette, perhaps, uh, to, to refer back to, g does give me great insight into no, and, and I bring that often into the IEPs, that this is what my daughter did. These were the challenges my daughter had. But we do see that society gives you a different path and different allowances. And that's what we're working on changing. That's what needs to change. Yeah, and I, I, I hope everyone can can learn from this, even if you don't have a kid or a sibling with Down syndrome, if, if it's just it's just um, having a sibling or having a your first child. I think it's it's important for everyone. I think it's just a good. What's learning. important for everyone? Um, just celebrating each each thing that your kid does. You, if it's like learning to ride a bike for the first time, or like definitely look at the positive more than the negative, because I feel like you know if you focus on the positive, there's going to be more positives. If you focus on the negative, there's going to be more negatives. It's like glass half full, ha glass half empty. And to bring that full circle, that was one of the things that you said about Liam, that he focuses on the positive, right? Yeah. In a human. Well, I'm so glad we had this time together to talk. It's nice to have a little time where we just sit down together. Yes. Well, it was a pleasure having you on the podcast, Sophia. I'm, I'm so glad you could join us. <laughs> Thank you.
Is there anything that you'd like to um, leave a parent with or another sibling? Any bits of information or experience that you would want to tell them if you could tell them anything? Yeah, to the parent, uh, celebrate everything and just really absorb every moment, whether it's good or bad. I don't know if you can see me, but I'm putting quotations marks around that because I don't personally think that anything is good or bad when you're growing up and learning. Um, The impact of having a sibling with Down syndrome is just seeing life from a new point of view. And like this uh, episode has really been about is seeing the positive. And uh, Liam has definitely helped me see the positive more in life and not view everything as this is bad and just really be like, okay, that happened next moment. And that really helped me so much in life. I can't really thank him enough. It's been such a great learning lesson. And he's teaching me every day how to view life as positive and just be ha- live a happier life. And to the sibling, uh, sibling to sibling, um, don't feel so separate from everyone because whether you realize it or not, you're a lot like most siblings and you know all all the things that you're feeling or the anger or the overprotectiveness everything is completely normal and natural and don't feel like I'm the only person in this and I'm the only person feeling this and it's wrong to feel this or it's um strange to feel this or no one knows how I'm feeling because I bet a lot of people do and it's just not something that we talk about a lot you know, I definitely felt like, oh, well, I'm the only sibling going through this and I'm really not and you're really not. And uh, if you carry that with you and every time something happens, just know that other people have gone through this and other people are going through this right now. And the journey is not that different, except for maybe the gifts. I'm so proud of you. And I love, I love the human that you are and the one that you're becoming. And uh, Liam is very fortunate to have a sibling like you. Thank you. Love you. I love you. Please follow us on Twitter at If We Knew Then Pod, and you can drop us a line on our Facebook page at If We Knew Then Pod, or visit our website, ifweknewthen.com, to send us an email with questions and comments. And you can join our mailing list there and get alerts of future podcast episodes. All these links will be added to this episode's show notes. Thank you again, and we look forward to you joining us on the next episode of If We Knew Then. Oh,